mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? Okay, so we are at episode nine. So kid-wise, this makes it the Joanna episode. Ooh. So that means we're about halfway through the kids as far as episode goes. So it'll be weird when we're actually done with the children (laughs) and then keep going. But um, one thing I've realized is that the episodes are getting longer. And I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing. (laughs) But it comes from, I feel like, number one, these episodes are giving us so much more content and material to talk about, right? Yeah. Um, Also, that now we have a lot more things to connect back to Mm -hmm. as we are talking about things and making connections and being able to kind of dive into things even more. And then also the fact that there are a lot of, like, current things happening that I feel like we just, like, kind of have to talk about because they're happening right now. Yeah. So they're getting a little bit longer. Don't know if that's good or bad. But on that note, I do have to start with some current news. And that is that. um, So this last episode that we did, of course, was the engagement episode slash Anna's 20th birthday. So that was back in June 23rd of 2008. So it's actually kind of funny that we posted this episode on June 22nd. And I hadn't really stopped to think about it at the time. Okay. But it's just kind of funny that our timelines kind of are like funny where they add up with, you know, they align with things that are happening. Right. But so then the very next day after we posted that episode, Anna posted in her Instagram stories for the first time ever since she posted that whole like there's more to the story thing that connected to the court documents about like the whole Caleb thing and like, you know, how they're trying to like bring him into the mix. So this was her first post since then. Okay. And she wrote in her stories, officially 34, 14 years since I said yes. And then she put road tripping, (laughs) road tripping to visit my bestie. (laughs) (laughs) And even if by mercy, by mercy me on repeat, Jesus, I will cling to you come what may. So everybody's taking that as road tripping to go visit Josh in prison or, you know, he was being at, he was at count, like in the jail at that time. Okay. So everybody takes it as him being, you know, her going for their like anniversaries of engagement slash her birthday, going to visit her bestie. (laughs) Uh, People were calling it her pesty bestie. And I love that. Oh, that's pretty good. So basically if anyone had hope that sentencing might've like shaken her and maybe made her come to her senses a little bit. Sure don't sound like it. That's a big old nope. Nope. So (laughs) there goes that idea. She's completely still in it. And then the very next day, on the 24th, early in the morning, Pest was transferred. And we actually got to catch like a little glimpse of the video. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we still don't actually know exactly where he was transferred to. It's only been revealed... That he was transferred. Okay. But we're not sure which of the two facilities it's, it is at this point. But, man, <laughs> Josh was looking hefty. Like, yep. He, well, I mean, hefty. Like, if he'd gotten, the way he was filling out that suit, yeah. if he'd gotten any 
bigger, they would have had to get like a hefty force flex bag mm-hmm. instead of his suit because I mean he looks entirely different. Yeah. And being a like a larger man, um, I understand like when I'm gaining weight, I feel like people can see it in, in like my shoulders, as weird as that sounds. Uh-huh. And when I've lost weight, I've had people tell me, Oh, are you are you losing weight? Yeah. Oh, I can tell I can tell from behind. Well, the funny part is he's bigger everywhere. Yeah. Like yeah. his head, not just, I'm not even just saying his <laughs> face got big, like his whole head is big. He's like wide and he's wearing the suit that he was wearing on that last day that he got convicted. So I was comparing right. pictures of what he looked like. I mean, the suit fits entirely differently. <laughs> and what's even in, more interesting to me is that at the sentencing, people like reporters specifically said that he looked like he had lost more hair. Right. No mention of him being, like, fucking hefty, right? (laughs) And even the, like, sketches that people did, they Mm. sketched him looking pretty much size-wise as he had at conviction, right? Correct. So I'm thinking, like, he looks like he put on, like, 30 pounds in 30 days. Oh, yeah. Because sentencing was May 25th, and this Mm. was June 24th. So I'm like, he put on, like, a fucking pound a day, I swear to God. I mean, and I don't have much in to say about gaining weight i'm i'm hefty myself at this point but damn he put on like 30 pounds it looks like like so just thought that was something to report on of course well i mean he wasn't sweeping goldfish or building uh decks he's not sweeping the goldfish he's eating all the goldfish (laughs) he just looks like he's hitting commissary hard yeah like eating eating the fields yeah yeah. i think that they are like he's probably got multiple but you know it's probably like the love offerings from all of their church people he's probably got that commissary bank oh yeah i didn't even think about that because i could see people outside of the family being like oh this poor persecuted christian man and (laughs) they're like here you go but i know speculation of course all right so now we can actually get into the actual episode and the name of this one is duggar dating rules (laughs) so it starts with a like short recap of you know the whole engagement episode before and one thing that i did notice going back through that i didn't i I noticed it last episode but i didn't mention it but i crack up did you notice at the exact moment that he kneels down to propose that like a guy goes behind goes like right behind him with a dolly he looks like the beer keg guy (laughs) yeah what a romantic moment we got the beer keg going past us yeah i wrote that in here where i'm like why would a delivery man be going through the dining room go to the back dock buddy Uh, it's it's all so confusing but you know this was a special place real special they do all their deliveries through the dining room (laughs) so i just wanted to throw that in there um so then they are (laughs) Back at home, the family is watching the footage of the proposal. They're like huddled around, like mm-hmm. the older girls are huddled around a computer with uh, Michelle and Boob, and they're watching it. And then Jim Bob talks about how he's gotten lots of emails from guys asking about the girls. Yep. And Jessa says, well, most are weirdos. <laughs> so again, with you're Jessa, not wrong. Remember, Jessa. we got Jill out there who was saying like um, unique or whatever her wording was, and then Jess is always like, "Everybody's a weirdo," <laughs> and Michelle thinks it's hilarious. Like, did you notice the way she's like punching Jessa in the arm, no, and like she I did thinks not. it's so funny. Like she's like punching her, like, "Oh my goodness!" Like she thinks it's so funny. Oh my god! And this is actually when we meet cousin Amy for the first time. Mm-hmm commonly referred to in the snark community as famey 
because she is very attention seeking. Okay. She seems like it. She is. And yeah. it's funny because um, I can't remember which AMA at this point, uh, but somebody was saying, oh, I cannot fucking stand her. Like somebody was just like, she's annoying. <laughs> she's is exactly what she seems as like yeah. super attention seeking. And the thing about Amy is here and there, she says stuff that are true. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been vocal about Josh and all this. And so she'll say stuff, but it always comes from this, like, you're doing it for attention, not always for the right reasons. Right. Like, you're allowed to speak out here and there, but she speaks out all the fucking time. Like, yeah. And it's just funny because in my head, I was thinking she came into the show way further down the road. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, it's only like the couple episodes in. So right. just just interesting. We'll definitely see a lot more of her and get more in depth on Amy later on. Yeah. She had that, like, child actor energy where she's doing things so people notice her like even there i'm like damn well go figure she wants to be a country singer so you'll see (laughs) going forward but um it's kind of embarrassing looking back because i remember watching this when i was like 14 and thinking Mm -hmm. like oh i could be friends with amy Ugh, that's like a yeesh now there was a there was a couple moments where they would have her answering questions but they had like lego hair around her and you could I felt like he was annoyed that she was taking the spotlight at that point. I think that he just knows. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that he's very aware of the fact that like, I, of course, I don't know exactly how her bringing her to the picture went down entirely. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it was probably less of the family and more of like production's idea of like, let's bring in a normal person to show this. <laughs> no, I'm saying quote unquote normal yeah. because she's not in their full fundy like them well it's to show the comparisons right so she's she's not part of their religion she she she's not part of their cults i'll say okay because she's religious but not part of their cult because what i realized and i even wrote it on here they never showed her from the waist down so i was like is she wearing jeans she's wearing jeans yes so, like yes. like and there was if she was in the background of a scene they like purposefully put two of the little kids in front of her so you couldn't see what she was wearing oh i didn't notice that definitely going forward they don't do that anymore because there's no hiding it yeah but But i just thought it it felt very forced of them to kind of like in uh in what was it home improvement where his neighbor always had something covering his face (laughs) wilson wilson yeah (laughs) like that's how it felt where they were like well we're just we're just bringing this two by four through so you don't see this yeah so she definitely, I definitely think she was fodder. I think she enjoys being getting the attention, but I think it was, you know, purposeful by production to point out kind of these differences. Yeah. And uh, Josiah says in a talking head that Amy isn't the same as us, but but we still like her. Yeah, but we still like her. I was I was curious as to like how far that went. That's yeah. Funny. So then after you know Amy shows up, Josh and Anna you know, are arriving back at the house from the road trip from Florida and you know she walks in the house and there's a whole lot of side hugging going on but I did <laughs> notice that Michelle did give her a full frontal hug oh my so my, she went Michelle went full frontal she went full frontal on her and <laughs> production asks for the story of how they met and Josh says that it was love at first sight of course uh, flipping pages here give me a second so, of course, they met at a homeschool conference back in mm-hmm. 2006. And this is, you know, summer of 2008. So they met at a homeschool conference in 2006. And he said that he'd met many others. But when he met Anna, he knew she was the one. Oh, oh Anna. 
said that his family didn't their families like didn't really know each other but after like a few months later the kellers were like passing through for something else and that they ended up staying with the duggars at their house correct he says that after the kellers left he went to his parents and he told like his parents that like oh i i i think anna like is the one or you know or whatever must have been all the gasping yeah right yep <laughs> So then it says they're like sitting as a group as the whole family and they're all just like talking and like huddled around and then Michelle starts talking about how Anna you made this commitment to the Lord that you wouldn't court and then Jim Bob chimes in he goes or get engaged and that until you were 20 and your daddy said he really wanted you to keep that commitment. So then she says, Josh and your daddy figured out this all to surprise you. Would you have ever imagined that on your 20th birthday? Then like meanwhile, during all of this, they're like hand fucking like crazy on the couch. In right. front of their family. In front family. of everybody. Yeah. In front of everyone. And so after this, the family starts like it's like the talking heads again. Mm-hmm. And the your family- Michelle voice is very good, by the oh, way. I just you. want to let you know. Oh, oh I God. feel like you've probably been working on it like in the mirror. You're like work workshopping somebody is. <laughs> so then in these talking heads are saying like, you know, oh, she's so sweet. And then um, Amy says, I think they'll start having kids as soon as possible. I mean, because you could tell on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Amy does add in these little moments of like, oh, yeah, like she totally noticed. They're like hand fucking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it's weird because they're like sitting really kind of far apart from each other but still holding hands so like at different points like anna's arms are completely straight out in front of her yeah and they're double fisting they're like they're like double hand holding and her arms are outstretched and i even was thinking to myself like oh my god there's so much space between them you could fit like another person and then later on jim bob was like oh James, I don't know, remember which one. He's like, why don't you just go sit between them? And I'm like, there's room. Like, yeah, exactly. There really is room. I was like, I don't know why you think he needs to go sit there. There's plenty of room. <laughs> so then Josh says that he had just read in the newspaper that 90% of couples have premarital sex and that that's staggering. Mm-hmm. That's staggering. Not the fact that you molest people, but people <laughs> having premarital sex. That's staggering. Right. So Jim, Bob and Michelle say that, you know, they can't kiss until their wedding day. Mm -hmm. But then they have this weird part. They're like, we'll do the kissing. And there's a point where it's kind of hard exactly what they say, because like it kind of like goes in and out a little bit. But it basically kind of sounds like they're saying, when you want to kiss, just let us know and we'll kiss. Okay. Like, and then they kiss each other. So it's like, I feel like normal human beings don't say things like that. But it's but no. What's interesting is that this is a total pattern of behavior. So now to actually see the first time that it happens Mm -hmm. is interesting because now I'm like, oh shit, this was the first time because they totally have this weird thing that they do that they think it's really funny to like rub into the kids' faces. Like you can't do this. Mm -hmm. They do it all the time. You'll see with like courtships and stuff going forward. Like, well, I can kiss her, and there's a oh, just you wait. (laughs) Way down the road, there's a there's a moment on a mini golf course. That you will never forget. Oh, God. So this is a major teaser for way down the road. 
But this is definitely the birthplace. Merp, birth. This show's <laughs> all about birth. This is definitely the birthplace of this like behavior that I'm noticing for the first time. Weird. They just love to rub it in their faces. You can't do this, but we can. Which we, we've talked in the past about how, oh, you got to do all this stuff, and then now your kids don't get to do any of it. So. Yep. Weird. So I then, feel like it's like an odd power play. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's so fucking it's odd. It's like, well, you may take care of my children, but I still have power over you. Yep. So then Jill talks again about how dating doesn't save your whole self for the one that God has for you because you're giving away pieces of yourself. <laughs> Same kind of stuff they talked about last time. Yeah. God forbid you cannot be a whole person if you like somebody else besides the person you marry. Right. And then she goes on to say that these are not just rules that were put on them, that they actually want this and that they don't want to kiss before their wedding day. Mm-hmm. And then Josh goes into this whole thing about how when a parent says, and quote, you will not go that way, the child rebels and goes that way anyway. So my parents are very wise about, about knowing how to restrict their children from certain activities. Do they? But also <laughs> knowing you? when you just have to let a child make their own choices. One of the things I realized from these, like there's like three or four talking heads to this episode where they're asking the kids about the idea of abstaining from everything before you get married and one of the things i realized was you can tell when the kids kick into or kick out of i'm saying kind of my own beliefs or you know the the words that are coming up within the moment but then they're when they're like you know how do you feel about not kissing to your wedding and then you can kind of see their eyes glaze glaze over and it turns into okay now i need to puppet what i've been I told need to recite. My i need it where's my script recite I need, that's yeah. perfect yeah, it's like where's the, you know yeah. but they all do say the same fucking thing they do over and, and over and like i said you almost see their eyes glaze over because they're like okay cool i know how to do this they're accessing the file in their brain yeah <laughs> yeah so i it was i felt like i noticed it really starkly in this episode yeah. where you're like oh okay i can zone out for a minute because i just need a puppet mm-hmm. you know yep so after Josh, after those couple talking heads, it uh, takes us back to the Pama Sutra moments on the couch <laughs> surrounded by family. And Josh says, so yeah, Anna and I are planning to spend the night together. And that, I mean, it erupts in laughter. Ooh, man, he like, is. The girls, like Jill even hides her face. Did you see how like she starts to laugh and she yeah. actually puts her face like behind um, mm-hmm. Susanna? Yep. Like it's like that. Oh, like embarrassing. Like this yep. is so funny. Like hide my face thing. Josh was throwing fucking zingers. He thought he thought that was hilarious. They all thought that was hilarious. Anna's like dying, and they're like, "No, no, no!" And he's like, "That's not." Let me clarify. It's like so. He's ir- working like, that oh, room, yeesh. man. I was just rolling my eyes. I'm like, "Good God!" And then I love this part because Amy says to Jim Bob that she wouldn't be a good chaperone, and that I'm pretty sure you know she's like, "I wouldn't be a good good for this," and that I'm pretty sure that. They kissed before they were married. Oh, yeah. She called him out. And Michelle. And it's funny because Jim Bob doesn't answer. He just stands there and like laughs awkwardly. Yep. So then it quickly cuts to a talking head of Michelle. Mm -hmm. And she goes, yes, we did. Like like that and everything. Yep. Like, yes, we did. Yep. And then Jim Bob says like in his talking head that they made some mistakes in the dating process that they did save themselves for their wedding night, but they did go further than they should have so it's like 
is kissing the only thing you guys did or like did you like touch a boob right like i'm curious was there like upstairs outsideies you know <laughs> right. like, little brush yeah, over the clothes yeah. you know <laughs> you know they're always downplaying over the clothes like they always said that with josh it was like well it was over the clothes so jim bob i mean if it was over the clothes slut no big that whoop. slutty lego hair i i this is kind of what i was alluding to with uh, cousin Amy, there was multiple times you she kind of called Jim Bob on his shit, and like you said, he had no response. He's he, he's he he's sat there awkwardly. Yeah, yep, and definitely. he was so uncomfortable. Two a couple of things where there was two instances where he like leaned because the they're right there by the kitchen, and like the some of the younger kids, some of the lost boys were like getting a snack, and he would like lean away from the her, Amy on camera and pretend like he was like helping the kids with something this it's like you happening. asshole you're not yeah. doing that yeah. you're just you're trying to fidget yeah he's like i'm walking away from this yeah. so after jim bob says it then michelle says that she wishes she could say that they hadn't but that they did and that she thinks it's precious that our children are wanting to save that first kiss for their wedding day and i can't stand it because i feel like by saying it that way she's framing it almost as if it's not something that it, like like the kids came up with this idea on their own. Right. As if it's not something that they have taught them. And just like, oh, it's so cute. It's so precious that they want to do this. Like mm-hmm. they did not. It's and all the kids being like, oh, no, we want it this way. Correct. But so this idea that it's all up to them and that mm-hmm. they all would have done this anyway. It's just so precious. It yeah. irks the shit out of me. Um. Yeah, so it just kind of goes back. It speaks to the whole thing that Jill was saying. Like, oh, we want this. Right. So then the next scene, they're literally drawing names out of a hat to figure out who is going to be their chaperone. Mm -hmm. And Joanna, she's too young, so they let her, you know, like pull the name. Yep. And it ends up being Ginger. And did you see how excited she was? Oh, yeah. She like Officer not on my watch. She almost like, she's like, yes. Like it's like the like the yes. Yep. And they're all like hugging her and congratulating her. Let's be real. She's probably just excited to get out of the oh, house. Oh no, that's what Let's, it is entirely. Like, it's like shit. I gotta I gotta go do something <laughs> away from the rest of these million fucking people for once. So yeah, she is pumped. Yep. And then so they end up going over to see the house that Josh and Anna are gonna end up living in after they get married. Mm-hmm. And it's a house that's been in the family for years, and you will see it for years to come. Oh, my. It was, they rented it to their grandparents, right? Well, no. Grandma Duggar owned it and rented it out. Oh, okay. So Jim Bob's mom, that was one of their one of her properties. And I'm not sure at what point like Jim Bob took it over, if it was still technically grandma's at this point. Yeah. But it's just this house that's been in the family. It's this little house, and they're going to like work on it and stuff. And yeah. Anyways, it's just where they're going to be living. And then he ends up taking Anna to his car lot. Is this the car This lot? is not the car lot because okay. actually this is his first one. Mm-hmm. He ends up having a second one. The second one is where the raid happened. Okay. This current one you're seeing, one of the other brother ends up taking over. Okay. Because so. that was the first thought that went yeah. through my head was, is this the <laughs> no, car lot? No, that's not the one. And then I was like hyper paying but attention to details wa- that like, don't things. matter anymore. <laughs> now I'm going to be watching. I'm like, when does it switch over? Like, you right. know, like it'll be those things that you pay attention to now. Mm-hmm. So then Mon Pa Keller and like some of the younger siblings of Anna um, end up showing up. Mm-hmm. 
and pog is saying how anna just loves children and it's their decision that they want to have all the children that god will give them ma is just nodding and smiling the whole time again we don't hear her, we don't hear her talk again Mm-mm. she she never talks no nope. and it's just kind of like a like a sure jan like Again, with this whole, like, oh, it's all their idea. As right. if it's not been totally indoctrined into them that mm-hmm. this is what you do. You could yeah. let God decide how many children you're going to have. Again, this whole idea that, oh, it's so cute. They just think yeah. of this on their own. I I had a thought during this because, you know, last time our deep dive kind of went into the Keller family. And you talked about how, like, they're not really, like, rich by any means. And then, obviously, Pa Keller took a non-profit job and yeah <laughs> um so obviously they're not as well to do as the duggar family and i i this is me inferring totally but i'm like i feel like lego hair and michelle probably eat up the fact that like these people who have less means are like coming over and they're so uh appreciative and congratulatory they're always like oh yeah we look up to them like they're probably eating up yeah, the fact because, that you know they think of themselves whether they would ever say it or not, it's like fundy royalty, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we're, oh, we're doing you a service by having our son get engaged to, to your, your daughter. daughter. You know yeah. what I mean? So. So then after all of the whole like Carlot house business, Ginger actually gets pulled off of chaperone <laughs> duties because they have to switch it over to John, David, and Jana. And they're going to see a movie. Yes. So they're going to a pre-screening of a movie, so you have to be 18. So the thing about that is, is like they would never go see something R-rated ever, that, ever, yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. But it's because it's a pre-screening, so they haven't, it hasn't been rated yet. Mm. So you have to, you have to be 18 at that point. Do you know what movie it was? I can't. No, I should have looked that up as soon curious. as I said that. I was like, shit. It's I, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, because even when they, you could tell they were like, don't say anything, copyright stuff, because in Josh's talking head, he was like, yeah, we went to a, or we went to a showing of. A movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is the moment that the whole... Um, <laughs> well, we are from Arkansas. Yep. Like, from comes the, in. <laughs> from our fantastic introduction. Tim made the introduction, so that's why. <laughs> Good job. That's why it's fantastic. That's why it's fantastic. So, because he's like, well, you know, we had to bring John, David, and Jana. Why not have a, have a double date? We are from Arkansas. Oh. God. <laughs> yeah, it's cringy. And they're yeah. in a convertible. Like, Josh thinks it's cool shit because off of his car lot, he picks out a convertible for them. It's to, a Camaro. To, it's like that 90s era Camaro. <laughs> for them to go on this date in. So, you know, like, they think they're cool yep. as shit. Oh, God, we went on a double date with my brother and sister. Yep. Oof. And I just wanted to point out that I'm not... Josh doesn't look good by any means, right? But he just kind of looks typical, like, conservative. Mm-hmm. Did you pay attention to John David? He was awkward. Oh, my... But his outfit. Yeah. He looks like a fucking dad from 1994. Yeah, the orange... Uh polo with horizontal stripes. Orange polo. Then he had, Matching like, that bad hat. hat. But the hat that's, like... Like, almost looks like it has a buckle on the back. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, like, the bad 90s jeans. And yep. then, like, the Seinfeld tennies. Do you know what I mean? Like, those white, <laughs> yep. like, ugh. Yeah. Poor John David. He was looking rough. <laughs> so, as this, you know, double date. Oof. They go out to eat at Abuelo's. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because um, Josh ends up saying that he can't really eat 
because for one thing, I'm holding hands with Anna the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) And it is fucking ridiculous to watch. It is it is rough. It's like, will you let that bitch eat? Both of them though. But like she's just as fucking thirsty. Like I kept I kept thinking about it where I'm like, um, I need to go to the bathroom. Uh, I'm going to need you to let go of my hands while I go to the bathroom. There's there's no stops for the bathroom. You don't drink water. You're very dehydrated at the end of the date. But it's like watching them try to flip through the menu and like eat chips and salsa while still death gripping each other's hands. It's ridiculous. It's rough. Like, oh my God. And it's funny because like the waiter is setting their food down and still it's like nothing. Like yep. nothing mm-hmm. will break their grip. Like I feel like at that moment, someone coming around and like setting something down in front of me. At the very least, maybe that moment I would right. give it up. Mm-hmm. But they fucking won't give it up for nothing. Yeah, nothing can break their bonds. <laughs> Ew. And it's really funny because at one point, um, I really I I went back and I watched it a couple of times. At one point, it is really clear to me that Anna is right-handed. Okay. And Josh is on her right side. So you'd think it would be easy that she would just like hold his hand with her right hand, but yeah. she's right-handed and apparently she can't navigate a chip to her mouth with her <laughs> left hand. So instead of using, you know, <laughs> she's using her left hand like her left hand to eat and she's literally crisscrossing over herself to try to eat and still hold his hand. Ugh. Like, I don't know if I'm describing this in a way that people can. Yeah. Like, can it, uh, Yeah. So, so she's holding his, his hand with her left hand. She's holding his hand with his left hand so she can Correct. use her right hand to eat. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she's scooping chips and using over her, her own and arm. Over her own arm. It's like, fucking let go of his hand already. <laughs> God, they're going to be starving, dehydrated. Do you think it was like playing chicken where they're like, Who's gonna whoever look- lets go first isn't as committed to this marriage? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> God, they just will not let go of each other's hands. Palma suture chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then there's a funny scene where they pray before they eat. And, of course, they make it seem like everyone in the restaurant is staring at them. Right. Obviously, that could just be editing. Like, you know, because at any given point, people could stare at them and they're taking... Or just people looking around and they're taking footage of that. Either way, the intention of it was to make it look... Like everybody was staring at them while they're praying. And I just thought it was really funny because even so while they're showing all these clips of people with their head turned and like mm-hmm. watching and like kind of laughing, they even zoomed in on that painting on the wall. Yeah. Of like a woman and to make it, it was just a funny moment of editing, mm-hmm. like where you can tell they're like the TLCs like being like snarkers and they're like even the painting staring yeah, at them. Everybody's <laughs> looking. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and they just talk about how like John David, I can't, I didn't write down his exact quote, but John David says something about how like he thinks that praying is like been lost before you eat is like been lost before, yeah. you know, or whatever. And then Josh has his bullshit to say about like people don't want to be held to a higher power or something. I don't remember, but right. it was just stupid. And then that's kind of the end of the episode. Just a whole lot of hand fucking again, a whole lot of Pama Sutra. <laughs> in different, in different places. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, that was kind of it. Do you have anything else you want to add on it? I don't think so. I think um, this early before you know kind of how she is, I think Amy's kind of a refreshing voice in this just because she made Lego hair uncomfortable. And that's definitely the role she plays in all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So 
but looking at it you can tell that like okay you're gonna try to you're gonna try to grab onto their coattails oh, while yes. not being a part of it yes. you know yep and so. it's convenient when she likes to act like she is a part of it and then mm. conveniently not a part of it yeah so it'll be really watching uh be really interesting to like watch that all unfold Mm-hmm. and see how deep she gets into it and then later reference how much she's trying to separate herself right. and i'm not saying you wouldn't want to separate yourself from all the shit that's happening with josh of course you would mm-hmm. but just the family in but general. um well yeah she's very separated from the family now mm-hmm. anyway but it's like he didn't have a problem with it before i don't know it's just funny <laughs> yep. so we'll watch that unfold as time goes on and yeah so we'll just take a little break and then we'll get into the deep dive mm-hmm. okay so today's deep dive is going to be about courtship okay because you know pretty much everything that they've told us is a very watered down version right okay so in the episode i don't know if you have any other takeaways but all i keep hearing is that it's you know to save yourself for the one from god and that, that god has intended for for you and Correct. not giving away your pieces of your heart yep. not really a whole lot else really explained about it okay so I just wanted to actually reference actual documents from like their cults. So just know that everything I'm reading is not like I'm not taking liberties. This mm-hmm. is directly off of some of their handouts at seminars and things off of their website directly. Okay. So this is straight from the cult's mouth. <laughs> like there is no like beating around it. Okay, so first I'm going to start off with really just giving some basic definitions of things, and then we'll dive deeper into it. Okay. So this is, uh, the title at the top is The Wisdom and Freedom of Courtship versus Dating. Oh, okay. You're already trying to like PR spin it like it's a good thing. So much freedom, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it says many young people are relieved to learn that there is an alternative to the pressure and hurts that result from dating. The concept of courtship involves applying biblical principles to this area of life, thus allowing young people to have their greater effectiveness in their single years and a more fulfilling relationship with their partner in marriage. Okay. So they start off with definitions. Their definition of dating is singling out one person of the opposite gender and cultivating interest through thoughts, looks, notes, talks, or events. (laughs) Okay. Interesting definition. Yeah. And then it says why dating causes conflicts. The motive is wrong. It's getting versus res- or versus giving. The goal is wrong. It's pleasure versus commitment. The idea is wrong. It's human nature versus limitations. Because, you know, human nature is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the results are wrong. It's hers- hurts versus edification. And I looked up edification just to make sure it was what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't. <laughs> Google. It actually means improvement of a person through ed- like education morally or mm-hmm. something. Like, whatever. Okay. And this next one. Oh, God. Ready for this one? <laughs> God. Definition of courtship. Two fathers agreeing to work with a qualified young man to win the daughter for marriage. <laughs> That is fucking disgusting. Like, let's get two dads together and, and we're going to win her over. Or it's arranging. It's yeah. So then it says definition of engagement. 
a daughter agreeing to accept the proposed love and protection of a young man in marriage. Okay. It's so like art. It feels just very archaic. It's yeah. And I feel that way whenever anyone talks about like arranged marriages, but there's something about hearing it written down to be like, well, the two fathers need to meet and then they have to, like there's something about quantifying it that literally that is weird to me. Yeah. You know. So weird. I know there's certain uh cultures on the planet that still do arrange marriages or but I feel like you have like I think of India, like India and Pakistan, like they do arranged marriages and you see a lot of younger people in those cultures that are like very harshly turning away from that and being like it doesn't have to be that way anymore Mm -hmm. you know and the funny thing is they'll argue that this isn't that but you're you're putting the power into all the men involved and then the woman is coming in last Mm -hmm. so the next topic um is the rewards of courtship okay says it gives new freedom and friendships it avoids envy and jealousy and it allows for dedication to please the lord and then they give scripture that i'm not going to get into but they give one like two different scriptures and then they say where does whom do you please when you are dating because they're saying that like in this one scripture you're pleasing the lord and you know and your wife and then for the on the wife sense you're pleasing the lord and your husband they're like there's no mention of dating yeah because the bible's like <laughs> has the word dating in it <laughs> yeah exactly stupid. where's dating in the bible <laughs> well there's no twitter in the bible either so <laughs> um it says that, so we're still on rewards of courtship. Okay. It promotes self-control and moral purity, which is a fucking joke because we know that's not true. Yeah. Uh, Josh Duggar cer- certainly didn't practice self-control or was um, pure. <laughs> so that's funny. It says it provides for ob- objective evaluation. It eliminates defrauding and bitterness. It bases marriage on God's will. And then it says, parentheses, dating conclusions change. Okay. Um, And then the last one is, honors the father's authority. And then it ends with this little mantra, basically. And it says, Heavenly Father, I know that you are far more concerned about my future marriage than I am. And I thank you that you love me and will clearly direct me to the life partner you designed for me. I also recognize that you have goals that you desire for me to accomplish while I am single. So I do now accept your purpose for my singleness. <laughs> I purpose to see how I can please you. And I trust you to work through my authorities to confirm your direction for me regarding marriage. The, I don't know why, but the term singleness made me laugh. <laughs> like it just, it's weird. Yeah, it is. So the next part is the requirements of courtship. It is that it's a life purpose bigger than marriage. It is a one man, one woman commitment. Color me fucking surprised. (laughs) A restraint of affection. A loyalty to parents. And an ability to deal with infatuations. And then it has this little like diagram that shows a little person. And it says infatuation at the bottom and it's circled. And then there's an arrow pointing upwards to a thing that says God. And then along that arrow, going from infatuation to God, 
At the bottom, it says, number one, thank you for desires. Number two, <laughs> okay. you know my needs. Number three, I'll be waiting for your timing. So that's how they say that that's giving you the ability to deal with infatuations because you're saying, thank you for desires, God. Like, <laughs> so fucking weird. You know my uh. needs. I'll wait for your timing, though. <laughs> and still under requirements is a readiness for marriage responsibilities. And then it ends with giving you like a little like, hey, if someone's trying to set you up, here's a little thing you can tell them. This is the say no to drugs part of, <laughs> part of this. Here's your script. <laughs> <sighs> so it's thank you for your interest in my welfare. Right now I'm learning to be content as a single person. If I'm not content as a single person, I'll not be fulfilled in marriage. I really hope that on some like at some point, somebody in this cult like actually said those things. Right. Like I feel at some point somebody was like, "Hey, Thank I you. think my friend kind of likes you." And then they, uh, pardon me, <clears throat> line one. Thank you for your interest in my thank welfare. You, yeah, thank you for your interest. <laughs> it sounds like you're getting on a ride at Disneyland. Oh, man, they're single rider at Disney. Please. Hey, yo. <laughs> Oof. All right. So now that we've gone over some basic definitions, we're going to just get a little bit more into it. Okay. Oh, God. So the first thing is courtship is the first step towards marriage. It specifically says do not enter into courtship until you are at a stage in life when marriage is a realistic possibility. Okay. Which I find really fucking funny because number one, actually myself and I'm sure everybody else, we were all very much under the impression, right? Mm -hmm. That this whole Josh Anna thing was like Josh's first courtship. Correct. We only find out later that he had this thing with Kaylee way before. But of course, they don't want to talk about that because a failed courtship, number one, doesn't look good. But number two, the reason for the failure of the courtship would have outed them. Correct. Potentially. Mm Mm-hmm. So they just chose not to talk about it. Yes. So I just find it really funny that this says. Real quick. Was Kaylee the one from the first special? Yes. That was the one where you brought up that there was another teenage girl that he was kind of talking to at the conference. And you were like, oh, that was that was this girl. Kaylee's the one that had the book. Kaylee's Bobye's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. But she's the one that we saw in the first special. She's the one that he, I, I'm not sure. He was talking to a girl, but that was the scene with the Holtz. I can only assume it was her. Okay. I yeah. don't know what she looked like at that point in time. Okay. So I I'm just putting, putting numbers together. Yeah, yeah, I know. So now you can make all these little connections and stuff. <laughs> so I just find it really funny that it specifically says that you need to be in the stage where marriage is realistic. How was marriage a realistic thing at 14? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were, they're actually, yeah, they were. Well, we are from Arkansas. <laughs> So I think that in my, to me, that means that they were kind of going against these rules because I don't find that to be mm-hmm. realistic, but maybe they have a different, I mean, they have lots of different definitions than me. So you can maybe, cherry and they can cherry pick whatever they want. Yeah. Is so. four years realistic? Like, I don't know. Oh, way. So then they also say that until you are ready for marriage, ask God to lead you in a develop, in developing friendships with godly men and women, but do not try to win the affections of those friends. Okay. So, so you can be like into them, just don't shoot your shot. Well, so what's interesting, do you remember when I told you about Justin that has the I Pray You Put This um, Journal Away yep. podcast for anybody mm-hmm. who just needs a reminder? He was friends with Josh. 
during the teenage years, his family was close to them in the same sort of culty whatever. Mm-hmm. So I actually wanted to go back because this reminded me of him. This talking about like, you know, don't don't try to win their affections. Correct. Made me think of him. So I attempted to go back and listen to parts of his podcast. But unfortunately, right now it says temporarily unavailable. Hmm. I'm not sure if he's intending to only have this be a temporary thing because of every, you know, all of the heat that's on right now with Josh. Correct. Or if he's kind of permanently taken down his podcast entirely mm-hmm. up to him. I respect it either way. But I really like to kind of go back and reference things and get quotes as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, not able to do that. So I am just going to have to kind of talk about my takeaway and hope it was right. But I remember listening because Justin had a crush on Jana. Okay. And he wrote about it several times in his journal. And I remember my feelings, my takeaway being that like he seemed to feel a lot of guilt about it. He felt guilty about being interested? Like he he wrote things. This is why I wish I could go back and actually reference it. But, like, he ended up later on, like, writing things that was, like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to wait for God. Like, and to me, it gave a sense of guilt of, like, him feeling this without feeling necessarily totally directed by God. Like. So, like, he I feel had like those they, feelings, but because he hadn't prayed enough enough. And or, that it was, or wasn't, that it wasn't, you know, time, time to, like, I feel like unless you're being led into a full courtship like it makes it feel like you're not supposed to have feelings for opposite sex you're not supposed to win their affections like you're not okay. supposed to you know so so it should only happen in the if you're really going to go into the court get, if you're yeah. really considering courtship i know mm. that was just kind of my takeaway i don't know how other people who listen to it but that's yeah. just how i remember it if i ever get to listen to it again i will try to confirm at some other point <laughs> but i just remember thinking that he had a lot of guilt and just like having a simple crush like you're not allowed to just have like simple yeah. human nature remember human yeah. nature was bad in what they yeah. wrote you're just and not I, allowed to have these normal feelings and i think you and i've talked about that a lot that there's i mean I grew up Catholic. That's all based on guilt. But um, I feel like you see, that's kind of a motivating factor in a lot of religious upbringings. And you brought it up in your kind of Mormon upbringing and me. Um, so you see a lot of that where it's like you're going to curb young people's behaviors by making them feel guilty. Yeah, you can't just have normal fucking things. Like, Correct. It's or, ba- and I think for me, it's not even the fact that they're just trying to curb behavior. They won't even let you talk about it. Nope. Like there's no because I feel like if they did let you talk through it, you would both realize that maybe it's kind of silly or maybe it's way more intense than it needs to be. Um, so I feel like the curbing that ability to talk about any of those issues means there's less of a chance that you'll change your mind. And I feel like I remember him kind of being like, I need to focus on other things or like, I need to put mm-hmm. this to rest and not focus on this because, you know, it's just so bad to have these feelings. It's just, right. it's really sad. So the next uh, topic is the man initiates the courtship. He should seek counsel, counsel from God-given authorities, which in most cases ends up being parents. So he's supposed to seek the, the authorities first mm-hmm. and then, um, God's direction to pursue courtship is confirmed through the man's authorities, his parents, okay. through insights from God's word. So I guess that's probably like reading scripture and shit mm-hmm. and through prayer. He should contact the woman's father to request permission to initiate the courtship. Only when the woman's father has given the man his blessings to enter into a courtship with his daughter is the man free to focus on winning her affections. 
So again, it's like, you f- it seems like even if you like someone, you're not even supposed to act like you remotely like them. Right. Because that could be considered trying to win their affections. Yeah. Guilt, guilt, guilt. <laughs> so the next thing is the talking about how the men in the courtship have these, you know, special responsibilities. Oh. And how just like, you know, being the, the leader of the family, they're the leader in this courtship. Because, mm-hmm. you know, of course women just you know we can't do anything ourselves well yeah we have to deal with your dating baggage and (laughs) we bring so much baggage to the table that's the cross that we bear (laughs) so it says that the man should have a dynamic walk with god prior to marriage so that he can be ready to be the spiritual leader of the family dynamic dynamic walk with god imagines and like you can't just walk you gotta like dance a little bit or (laughs) no they don't dance Oh, they don't dance. Not even a shimmy? No. They don't even call it dancing. So they how do you have a word. dynamic walk with God if you can't do anything <laughs> dynamic? Uh, the ministry of silly walks. Yeah, right. So the next thing is, this is rich. Are you ready for this one? It is to treat all young women to whom he is not married as sisters with absolute purity. Probably not the best terminology for Josh. Not great, because we know exactly how Josh treated his sisters. (laughs) So the fucking irony of this is not lost on any of us. Christ, I was like, oof. That is like, they might, I'm like, do you you want to go take this off your website, maybe? Like, that might be a good idea. Um, Then it says he should demonstrate leadership, blah, blah, blah. We don't care. Not interesting. Um, The next thing is that, he needs to be able to determine how he'll provide for the family. So mm. that's why I feel like maybe in this episode, there's a little bit of emphasis on here's my job at the car lot. Here's right. the house. Like her family is there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is how I'm prepared for marriage. Which was funny because his brothers were throwing him under the bus. Oh, yeah, yeah. They totally there was were. A, yeah, there was like multiple things where they were like, yeah, he hasn't really been doing much around here. And then he tried to twist it into like a, well, I've been a little busy as he's like hand wrestling with, with, (laughs) and uh, his, yeah, the other brothers are like, no, he hasn't done much yet. I think even Josiah was like, he's been slacking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the next thing is just that the couple's families should get to know each other, blah, blah, Mm. blah. Then the next part is accountability is a key factor says that the courting couple should be held ac- held accountable to God-given authorities for the spiritual health and progress of their relationship. And that, again, that would normally be your parents. Mm-hmm. says, ideally, the two families will communicate with each other to establish the best way to encourage and protect the couple with a plan of accountability. Okay. So I t- think back to the moment of, like, they just got engaged and Josh is like, well, our parents said we can hold hands if you're okay with that. So I'm like, <laughs> the fact that two families sit there and are like adult ass people. They're yeah. 20 years old. Yep. And that these adults have their parents talking with each other. Like, are we all okay with them holding hands? <laughs> They're engaged. Is that all right? Like, yeah. wild. Yeah. Fucking wild, man. <laughs> <laughs> then the next one, I love this section. Oh. It's to avoid defrauding. And I don't know if you've noticed, I've been saying defrauding for several episodes. You have, and I feel like I didn't understand it specifically, because I'm like, is she using the rainbow for that? But now (laughs) this makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so here's the definition of defrauding. Keep thinking about Ma Keller's uh, gams she was showing off, and you were like, I I was defrauded. defrauded. (laughs) (laughs) 
So the definition of defrauding. To defraud another person is to stir up in them desires that cannot be righteously satisfied. God, I try to do that to you every day. (laughs) It's not righteous, though. (laughs) You're damn right. Um, It says that you need to choose carefully to guard against inappropriate emotional attachment and physical intimacy. You could avoid much heartache, pain, particularly if the relationship does not end in marriage. That's their way of being like, no, see, there's a reason. We're doing it for you. I'm trying to find the part where they actually talk. Hang on. Let me try to find something real quick. You can hold hands. Oh, but here don't we go. S- don't slide up to the arm. Here Anything past the wrist, you'll be defrauded. <laughs> I'm just going to start throwing that in and hoping that it's in the right context. Oh, and then we'll judge it. I'm like, mm, close. <laughs> I, f- I found the part that I wanted to. Okay. It says that a woman can defraud a man by the way she dresses, talks, or acts. A man can defraud a woman by improper touching or by talking about a marital marital commitment, sorry, that he is not able or intending to carry out. So, a couple things here. Number one, I think it's funny that they specifically talk about how women, you know, it's the way we dress, talk, and act that's defrauding. No mention of that with the men. Mm -hmm. Their only way of defrauding you is to, like, physically fucking touch you. Mm -hmm. And... Um, then that, that their other part of defra- defrauding is basically like if they lead you on. Right. Marital commitment that he is not able or intending to carry out. Nah, baby, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you'll see going forward that there are modesty standards, even for the guys. Mm-hmm. So it's really funny to me that here they don't mention like, oh, that a guy can defraud a woman by showing the games. But right. It's just, it all, it's the same. It's like the whole like rape thing. Oh, well, you were wearing a short skirt. Right. Yeah. So gross that they have this so embedded. Like it's the woman's fault. Like Mm -hmm. she can so easily defraud a man by just, you know, how is she acting? How was she acting? What was she wearing? Right. Gross. And obviously this is like extreme, um, you know, spectrum of, you know, whether it's a religious upbringing or a really conservative upbringing, which I... I think you see why some of those like blame the victim things are inherent in our society just because there was a level where like this was a version of this was like the main, you know, uh, theory that like guided a lot of like social standards and, and like legal standards. Um, so as much as we're seeing it very, very far to an extreme, this is kind of what some of those standards were based off of. If mm-hmm. you look at like post-World War II. Yeah, you know. exactly. So finishing up under defrauding, it says, guard your heart so that you don't ignite passions that should be reserved only for marriage. Okay. Like wanting to pick out China or. <laughs> yep. That could, you, you don't know what it could ignite. Yeah. I don't want you to get excited about picking a pattern for the, <laughs> for the wallpaper. So we the, leave that for marriage. <laughs> so the couple deepens their friendship by spending time together. And, and holding then, the shit out of each other's hands. Yeah. Death grip. It says the man and woman. This is a funny wording to me. The man and woman should spend to, as much time together as reasonable. <laughs> reasonable. Not to, as possible. Not to like get, you know. Of course. Reasonable. Yeah. Together, but not like together 
Exactly. And it says that, you know, this, you know, both parties should be like opening up to each other and being honest, but it specifically notes that the topics, manner, and frequency of the conversations should not be characterized by the desire to become acquainted with each other more deep. Oh, I'm should be characterized by the desire to become acquainted with each other more deeply, but not in a way that is defrauding. So no uh, 3 a.m. texts that say you up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it says when taking the time to be alone, make sure that your time is spent wisely. Oh. And that you avoid temptation to go off alone and that spending countless hours talk talking often leads to premature emotional attachment. And nobody likes premature attachment. <laughs> happens to everybody. <laughs> it's okay, it's of, okay. Like, it only happens every once in a while. Work's been rough. You just got to think about baseball. <laughs> so um, it talks about for to have private conversations that you could take a walk together or, you know, something like that. Something that offers walk? you <laughs> yeah, a dynamic walk. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, something that offers you privacy, but not to avoid seclusion. So I actually saw in various things, like you might see them walking ahead, but there's people behind them. So it's mm. like, oh, well, they're getting some privacy. Well, not really. <laughs> there's little sisters still two steps behind them. <laughs> but I just think it's really funny that they say that the temptation to go off alone and spending hours talking often leads to premature emotional attachment. I'm really confused by that because don't you feel like in order to marry someone, you you would really want to be emotionally attached to them? You, you would assume so. Y- you would think. Yeah. So I feel like it's like you're allowed to be like attached to each other, but not too attached to each other. <laughs> you can't be at- actually attached until you're engaged. Right. Courtship, you can't be. At- so how mm-hmm. would you get to the point of engagement without actually being emotionally attached? Yeah. Well, I feel like there's no... There's no quantification of anything, so everything's left up to whatever your parents decide to say. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean. Like that's yeah. how this They're all feels. This where is it's okay. like that's not okay. Like, yeah, we're gonna keep you from doing these things that are an extreme, but everything else is up to us. So we're gonna leave the language vague. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what's within reason? What's you know, decided by the two fathers? What's the definition of seclusion as opposed to you know yeah. like like is there a is there a foot? Like it needs to be like twenty feet. Like is that the the standard that we're going off of? But whoa, whoa, whoa don't go to twenty two feet away because then that's seclusion. <laughs> yep. So the next portion is all about how a, a short courtship is best. It says obviously. <laughs> I don't want to learn too much about you. <laughs> you get too attached. <laughs> it says obviously, as the couple's hearts are knit together. Through their deepening friendships, it will become more and more challenging to manage emotional attachment and remain objective. Okay, couple things here. It's funny the I remember in the first special, Michelle saying that her heart was knit to Jim Bob. Okay. And I remember going like, that's a weird fucking thing to say. But then when you see them parroting this stuff, you're like, that's where they get all these weird fucking phrases. (laughs) Her heart was knit to him. Ouch. So... It will become more and more challenging to manage emotional attachment and remain objective. So again, let's keep this shit short. Yeah. Because we don't want anything going crazy. You can't get to you can't get too attached until right. you're locked in. Mm-hmm. We gotta lock you in before you can get correct. You know. 
And then it goes on to say that a long courtship can become confusing and frustrating, often leading to disillusionment. And that also the deeper the friendship becomes, the more painful a separation will be if the courtship does not lead to marriage. I read that as move it the fuck along and get married because, because then once you're, you're stuck because ma- then you're because st- like if it goes on too long you're more likely to break up yeah and that's just more painful so let's move the shit along and again lock you in yeah it's fucking weird and i also feel like their use of like saying it's frustrating i'm like are they talking about blue balls are they t- <laughs> it is frustrating it just, I don't know. It just really feels like let's rush this along, make yeah. it official. You can't do anything about it. Bad things can happen if it goes on too long. Yep. And that's the, that's how it operates. Mm-hmm. Standard procedure. Um, then it says to remember the goals of courtship and that courtship is not a commitment to marry. The goal of courtship is to determine if the couple should get married or not, according to God's direction. But if your courtship fails, it's a social liability (laughs) right like yeah like oh you must have failed for some reason because i i feel like that in itself isn't necessarily horrible because you're like okay well we're gonna see if this relationship's going to work but the the system isn't set up to try it and go hey you know what we're just not compatible we're gonna move on the system's not set up that no it's move fast into marriage correct or skip over courtship entirely like anna and go yeah (laughs) so that's what i'm saying like that statement itself isn't bad but it's fake yes. because they're not That's doing That's not it how it actually is. Yeah. yeah. But it does say that it is likely that many godly men and women will participate in more than one courtship before God leads them to the right life partner. Sluts. So we know that Josh did have one beforehand with Kaylee. Mm-hmm. And actually in the future, Josiah has a failed courtship before he gets married. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see it because it's in the lost season that was filmed but never made it to TV. <laughs> I would kill to get that season. Oh my God. But so it does happen, but it is not widely talked about. Like they definitely paint the picture of one and done. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that this says that you might have many. So you know, if you have, I used to see this in like sitcoms where they had like a friend that would never settle down and they'd be like, Oh, that friend's the serial dater, you know, in this community, they'd be like, "Mm, he's a serial quarter. Uh, so the next section is receive hope and healing if the courtship is ended. It says as soon as one of the individuals discerns that marriage is this marriage is not God's will, with the counsel and affirmations of his or her parents, the courtship should be ended. So I think it's funny that even if you're like, nope, you still got to go. They're saying still seek counsel. Yeah, there's a process. There's still like it's still not entire like you're still having to tell these other people and then it's like, "Okay, yes, it can be ended." Yeah. And it says instead of becoming bitter, everyone involved can choose to have a grateful heart. <laughs> the conclusion of a courtship can be painful, and the couple should seek the support of parents, mentors, and friends as well as the Lord's healing. Mhm. The thing that I think is funny though, when you think about that, I thought that this entire process started by asking God if you should, if this was like the right person to enter into a courtship, right? Correct. So if it ends up not being right for marriage, was, was God, like, what's, where, where does God's yeah. direction in the beginning? How, how do you, how do you justify that? Like, what's the, explain mm-hmm. it to me. Like, I want them to explain, like, what does it mean? 
So was was God leading you into this to teach you a lesson? Right. Was God's will wrong? What is it? It's just an interesting it's just an interesting conversation to be had that I feel like they don't really have. So just rounding out all of this information, I just want to lead you with lead, leave you off with this one quote. It says that marriage is part of God's plan for most of his children. As is as is evidenced clearly in the scripture, God said, "It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him." Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. So this is where, if you've ever heard me say help meet, this is where help meet comes in. Because I will make you a help meet. Gross. Disgusting. <laughs> like the, the verbiage for women is just so, ugh, so disrespectful in just everything. Yeah. The actual words, the ideas behind it. Mm-hmm. Like we're just here to like have all the men around us pick us, figure it out for us. Yeah. So gross. And I think when it's normalized, they feel like this is this is my part, like I'm playing my part. And I think from an outside perspective, it doesn't look that way. It's minimizing, it's demeaning, it's, you know, fill in the ad- adjectives. And then you see people that turn against it almost pity the people that are still in it. You oh, know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, I think for like, I mean, obviously we didn't grow up in this cult, but I feel like even you and I look at it and like feel bad for them yes you know yeah because because they believe it and they like you asked me like this week about anna you were like does anna like you're i forget exactly what your question was but we we're just like talking oh it was about how it seemed to really flip-flop like where did she really did she think that they were had even been courting we're all under the idea that she had no idea they were courting Correct. That yeah. it was like some very vague getting to know each other a little bit, mm-hmm. talking a couple times, and it dropped, jumped straight to engagement. And I think you asked me something along the lines of like what she like would think of that. I'm like, well, the idea being if he if he was proposing, that meant that he had asked her father and that Correct. her father had said yes. Mm-hmm. So to her, it's like, well, it doesn't matter because. Yeah. And it's not even that she thinks like, well, oh shit, I have to do this. She thinks that's good. She thinks like, oh, well, that this, this is, is what how God, it normally this goes. This is how it's supposed to be. My dad mm-hmm. says, yes, this is obviously the plan for my life. And mm-hmm. so she thinks nothing of it where the rest of us are going, red fucking flag, honey. <laughs> Abort. Run. Abort. But yeah. So I just kind of want to talk like sum this all up with some of the overall feelings that I had, like my takeaway, see which kind of yours is. I feel like the idea is to just like keep them as naive as possible Mm -hmm. and that it just seems like they equate any kind of life experience as like this negative thing. Mm -hmm. So like, again, anything with Michelle that was baggage, it wasn't something you learned. Correct. Like if these people are all about like, I would say, oh, I was about to, I just caught myself. I was about to say that they're all about learning, but they're not. They're about training. Yeah. Remember how we said that Mm -hmm. times where we might use the word learning, they say train. So actually that just kind of. Mm-hmm. explained the um, answered my question right they don't look at it as learning they don't want you to learn correct they want you to be trained yeah and it just feels like they really don't want you to get to know the person that well like they want you to get to know them but not not too much not enough with the potential that you would not like them yeah or that like you know and like let's move it along so yeah it's crazy and you know i was thinking like do can some things happen when you're dating someone can you go through painful things sure 
Mm-hmm. Can you have some experiences that you wish didn't happen? Sure, whatever. Of course, you and I would argue that is important things to learn mm-hmm. because it's preparing you to not make that same mistake. These kids are not really afforded the chance to learn those things about these people and then look for something differently mm-hmm. because it's moved along so quickly. Yeah. They don't get to they don't get to do any of that. So in this idea, like it wasn't mentioned in this episode, but I do just recall from other things. They talk about like courting being a way to kind of like safeguard your heart. Yeah. It's like like less bad is going to happen to you if you go into a courtship versus dating. Correct. Which is like really funny to me because courting versus dating didn't save Kaylee Holtz from having a bad experience. Mm -hmm. She had you know a pretty bad one yeah and she actually later on described feeling like kind of manipulated and used by josh Mm -hmm. and this was actually so if you remember their their courtship got cut off after the night in the bedroom Mm -hmm. but from everything i've my understanding is that later on they kind of tried to see if something could work out again Mm -hmm. wasn't like official official but they were kind of, you know, testing the waters. And he was actually talking to her about some of his, like, issues with porn. And I guess the way he talked to her about it, she said she felt manipulated and okay. used. And that she knew that she was done and that she needed to walk away. So good for her. And this time she learned from it. But yeah. that's what happens with dating. Mm-hmm. But so to act like courting saves you from these things. It didn't save her from this at all. No. Let's take another person as an example. Caleb Williams. They're the ones that they're trying to use as their scapegoat. Mm -hmm. So you remember how he's been charged with um, statutory rape Mm -hmm. because of the girl he was in a courtship with. So that didn't save it didn't save this girl from a bad experience. She got knocked up at 16. Right. And back on that same topic of them, when it talks about having a um, short courtship, I forgot Mm -hmm. to bring this up earlier. Caleb is seven years older than that girl. Wow. So when they started it, she was 14. Mm-hmm. And when she got pregnant, she was 16 and he was 23. So again, with this whole short courtship thing, what did you yeah. what did you think was... That's not short. No. Because she's got four more years before she's going to be of age. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it worked against them because they talk about keeping them short so that bad things don't happen. Well, yeah, the longer they go on, they talk about the longer it goes on, the more feelings you might have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they had sex. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it completely... It's just ironic. And, of course, the final exa- example of courtship not saving you from jack shit, nothing, is Anna herself. Yeah. She just, it directed her straight into this life. Mm-hmm. And I don't have sympathy for her now because of the way she's acted. Mm-hmm. I have sympathy for 20-year-old Anna. Yeah. That had no choice. Well, she had no, she had no social skills to figure out red flags. She had no prior experience to draw upon in order to be like hey the last time this happened i really didn't like it so maybe we should make a change or maybe i should talk and have a serious like she couldn't even talk about her feelings so it was like the second she was in she was fucking done for yep like there was no chance that she was gonna leave that she was being like you know led to the slaughter basically yeah and you know 34 year old anna number one now has kids to think of Mm -hmm. and she has family and you know, to look back on, like we talked about all the Kellers last week and how she has these these examples of leaving or, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but 20 year old Anna didn't have that. So just, I just, I have more empathy for that young version of her. Because she had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just wild. These ideas of like courtship being so much better, but 
your 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 track record isn't proving shit to us that correct <laughs> that this is the better option you know but god forbid you give away pieces of your heart through dating <laughs> and i think you look at like not every courtship in that religion is exactly the same obviously because there's idiosyncrasies so i think from their perspective they'll be like but look at all these that worked out so well but then you're also now untrusting because you're like what's going on behind the scenes now or what's something that you wish you could get out of this for but nobody could ever know about it so you're just gonna swallow it and it's gonna manifest in an emotional breakdown when i'm 40 you know Mm -hmm. like those all of those positive stories aren't picture perfect uh they lived happily ever after positive stories everybody has shit and it's it's really funny where when i can compare it to how i grew up again referencing growing up mormon Mm -hmm. but i was always taught like you weren't allowed to date till you're 16 but dating was not only encouraged but they specifically don't tell you not to date one person. It's the polar opposite of the whole mm-hmm. courtship thing. They say date multiple people. Don't be tied down to one person. And so it's wild to see like how I thought that was like a conservative view or like whatever. Yeah. But like or, you know, just like coming from that kind of conservative background in general. And like compared to this, that ain't nothing. Yeah, that looks all hippie gypsy. Seriously. Like, like you're just like loosey goosey out there dating <laughs> multiple people. And of course, they're still preaching like, you know. Um, abstinence abstinence and all that stuff but they are not like anti-kissing they're not like you can't you can hold hands before you get engaged yeah so it's just to see the complete polar opposites and Mm -hmm. this is just crazy to me because they're like no no no, not one person because and then here they're like oh no only one person right it feels like there's a little bit more care for like the person's emotional upbringing when when it's not the case like it's not a very open um kind of like honest hippie gypsy environment yeah. in the mormon church but comparatively you're like damn they really care they look about fucking, their li- they look fucking liberal compared to <laughs> yeah. this and their idea of course is like you're you're dating multiple people to see what you want and don't want in a partner correct which i like i at least agree with that of course <laughs> yeah and if so you know they still don't want you having sex and of course in just any kind of conservative background people tend to get married fast because they want to bone as soon as possible. <laughs> so, you know, they're still similar in those senses that they move shit along quickly, but yeah. at least you are allowed to start dating and you're allowed the opportunity to d- date multiple people. Correct. So, anyways, that's all. I just wanted to end with that. Yeah. Fascinating. Rambled look. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been, I think this, this whole, this whole episode and everything it about was fascinating. Yeah. So, um, as per usual, Check us out on Instagram. Digging up the Duggars pod. Yep. Whitney does a fantastic job of curating some visuals related or things that we've talked about. There was some, it was interesting to see uh, the Keller family after the last one. Yeah. You know, so yep. um, definitely interesting. Um, we are getting a couple more ratings here and there. Yep. 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 Here and there. We appreciate, we always appreciate the uh, five star rating. Um, <laughs> no, no. But we also have our email, diggingupthedougars at gmail, if you want to reach out to us. It's been fun connecting. I, I always thought, ugh, I, I hate that I said connecting, because I, I always think that sounds cheesy. We love connecting with you, but <laughs> I just kind of flying out of my mouth. But I do, I, I enjoy the conversations that get mm-hmm. brought up. Um, we've had people, like, DMing us, like, actual, hey, what do you think about this? Right. And it's been actually a lot of fun to 
dive into conversations with people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. You guys are the greatest. We love it. Yeah. So keep keep reaching out on all the on all the platforms. So that's it, and we will see you next week.